Welcome to Church on the Hill. I want to pray for you before we start. Father, in Jesus' name, we just, um, Lord, we just right now just command the purpose and plan of God to be released in this church tonight. I just, um, I just bind any work of Satan that may try to hold us captive. And Lord, we just release freedom and truth and the power of the blood of Jesus. We just release the truth and the power of the cross uh, that Jesus, you went to to pay for our sins. And Lord, right now, as you hung on that cross, Jesus, it, your word says that you became the curse for us. And Lord, we receive that right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, whatever hindrance there may be, we just ask you just to bind that right now, Lord, and loose your power. And Lord, I ask you to loose courage to, to step into your plan right here tonight, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to have your way tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just say, uh, I don't want this to, I, I don't want to miss my mark tonight. I don't want to make it so heavy that we, that we reject, and I don't want to make it so light that we don't grab hold, but this is a big deal tonight, getting free. And nothing's going to be weird, I promise. It's going to be biblical. But we've been talking for the last four weeks about curses. And you, you may say, well, isn't Jesus, wasn't Jesus the curse? Yes, he was. But do we still not fight sin and Satan every day? Even though the price has been paid, we have to access it. We have to go get it. You know, we have to get in the Word. God is pleased by faith. We cannot please God without faith, and the only way we can have faith is by going and getting the Word and getting it in us, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So there is still a part for us to play, right? And even when it comes to curses and blessings, it says if we will hear the Word and obey it, then all these blessings will come. But if we don't obey and we don't hear, then all these curses will come. And I've been kind of building my case for the last four weeks, showing you that curses can still go on in our life today. Whether it's a generational curse being passed down of, of maybe bipolar or mental illness or cancer or heart disease or just things that you might would want to put as a, as a coincidence. There's no coincidences. There is no coincidences. You know, even David, there was three years of famine, and David was like, what's going on? Wait a minute. Will somebody wake up and recognize something's wrong? The way, the, the, my, the, the way that my kingdom, this is David, and this is me just paraphrasing and really kind of speaking into him, the way my kingdom's supposed to work, this isn't working. The money's not coming in. The crops aren't coming in. People are getting hungry. Something's wrong. Well, what does he do? Let's inquire of the Lord. And you know what God says? Saul killed all these people that the covenant was made with him. Go make that right, and everything will smooth back out again. Now, David was a man after God's heart. Loved the Lord. But his nation was under this plague or uh, drought or famine. So, you can see that so many times we can even maybe have things going right. We can be trying to do the right thing, but there is this cloud that's following us. At some point, you need to recognize, that's not part of my covenant. This is going on in my life, and the Word of God tells me it shouldn't be. Well, what's the problem? 
okay, God, and I, as you've seen over the last four weeks, and go back and download it and re-listen to it. It's right out of the Word. Sometimes we still have demonic activity or curses that we're still dealing with. Things that maybe your father or your mother has spoken over you or a teacher has spoken over you or, or a friend has spoken over you or someone in authority has spoken over you. Have words had huge impact on your life on what people have spoken over you? Yes. Words are powerful. So tonight we've been looking at, last, starting last week, we started looking at what's the cure if I can just review very quickly, and we are going to finish tonight. We're going to finish. It is my goal tonight that we renounce, that we, come, that we get free. But let me review just for a moment. The basic provision for, of God for release from all curses is the atonement of Jesus Christ on the cross. It was all taken care of on the cross. Now, as I said last week, wouldn't it be nice if we walked the aisle, gave our heart to Jesus, and then just rode off into the sunset and lived happily ever after? Wouldn't it be nice if we lived that way? That would be great, wouldn't it? But no, we, we leave the altar, and there is there's Satan ready to get us again. And Jesus is saying, okay, I've paid the price. I, I have what you need. Now we've got to learn how to fight we got to fight. How many of you know you've got a fight going on in your life? You do, and it's for your soul. It's for your kid's soul. It's for your nation. All right, so we got to fight. All right. But I want you to know that with God, there is always a legal basis for everything. God is a legalist in the sense that he will never do anything that is illegal to his kingdom, illegal to his will, illegal to his set of rules. Never. He will always be legal. Right? He won't break the law. But there's another legal expert in this whole thing, and he's Satan. And unless his legal claims are dealt with, you will never get him off your back. You've got to know the legal answer to Satan. It's no good trying to evict him until you've got a legal case that he can't answer. We've talked about this legal basis from escaping from the curse, and it is the cross. It's what Jesus has done on our behalf. That has totally satisfied every legal requirement. As long as you meet Satan on the basis of the cross, he is defeated. If you try to meet him on any other basis, he'll win. You can throw Baptist at him. You can throw Methodist at him. You can throw Assemblies of God at him. You can throw non-denominational at him. You can throw preachers at him. If you do not fight Satan on the basis of what Jesus did on the cross, you are going to lose. Because I want you to know Satan is powerful. He is powerful. But the only thing that Satan respects is the cross. So, let's go beyond. Now, now if we can, we're going to have just, a, I don't want to say this is fun, but this is going to be interesting. I want to show you some stuff over the United States that maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't. I'm going to give you three uh, three stories here. The first is about Abraham Lincoln and his family. Abraham Lincoln. You need to know that, that what is not stated here, something that you may not have ever seen with Abraham Lincoln while he was president, is that he allowed his wife to conduct uh, spiritist seances in the White House. 
And it's possibly one of the most significant events in American history. His wife Mary spent almost all of her latter years in a mental institution, although she came out before she died. And I believe it brought a curse on Abraham Lincoln and on the White House and on the presidency. Now let me give you a little part of it. This is about his son, Robert. Now I have just read this book. So interesting. It's uh, by Bill O'Reilly called Killing Lincoln. And it is just unbelievable the details that they have in that conspiracy that happened. So as I was studying this again, I've just read this book, and it, it, uh, it's just interesting because Robert, Robert came up. Robert was in the Army during his father's pre- uh, pregnancy, presidency. <laughs> One day, Robert received orders to return to Washington, and on his arrival, he was told that his parents was at, was at Ford's Theater. And, you know, as he entered the building... There was a group of men carrying his father out, the fatally wounded President Abraham Lincoln. Years later, now Robert is the Secretary of War under President James Garfield. He was requested to accompany him to his college reunion. At the last moment, finding that business would necessitate him remaining in Washington, Robert Lincoln hastened to the Union Railroad Station to inform the president of the fact. But as he entered the building, a group of men were carrying the fatally wounded President James Garfield out of the building. Twenty years later, President McKinley invited Robert Lincoln to be his guest at the Pan American Exposition. Lincoln accepted. As he entered the building, he met a group of men carrying out a fatally wounded president. Lincoln saw three fatally wounded presidents being carried out before his eyes, the first being his father. Is that coincidence? So, has anybody ever heard of the Tecumseh curse? Tecumseh was an Indian. Okay, Um, go research it. But let me just tell you a little bit about it. There is a uh, relationship or there is a coincidence of the death of the presidents um, up until 1980 that died while in office and every president that was elected with a zero was elected every 20 years with a zero at the end like 1980, 1960, 1940, 1920, 1900. They all died while in office. Some were assassinated, others died in office. And this is called the Tecumseh curse. It suggested that an Indian that it is an Indian curse placed on the presidency. Now I'm not saying that it's true or it's not true. You decide for yourself. But every US president elected in a year divisible by 20 died in office. Just look at this right here. William Henry Harrison was elected in 1840. Abraham Lincoln, 1860. James Garfield, 1880. William McKinley, 1900. Warren Harding, 1920. Franklin Roosevelt, 1940. John F. Kennedy, 1960. Now what happened to the one that got elected in 1980? Ronald Reagan. He just about got assassinated. But he didn't. And many have argued that at some point... During that time, that curse was broken. Uh, Reagan didn't die. Um, Bush didn't die. You know, that's, that's the year 80 and 2000. Or was that, yeah, yeah. 
Seven without fail, without exception. What had happened, this curse, the kind of the history of this curse was laid upon William Henry Harrison and all subsequent U.S. presidents elected, it, elected in a year ending with zero. Harrison died within a month of taking office and the U.S. president that was, uh, and is the U.S. president that many educated American Indians have learned to hate and probably with good reason. I'm going to give you the history here. In 1801, President John Adams appointed Harrison to govern to governor of Indiana Territory and publicly charged him with protecting the rights of the Indians, but he was privately taking their land to expedite white settlement. The Indians resisted and eventually joined forces with the British. Now, in the War of 1812, Harrison promoted to Major General, recaptured Detroit from the British, and in October 1813, defeated them and their Indian allies, led by the Shawnee chief Tecumseh and his brother the Prophet in the Battle of the Thames in Canada. Tecumseh was killed in this battle. Legend has it that the prophet, who was the Shawnee medicine man, there invoked a curse upon the president and his, and his government. If you remember, John Hinckley was the one that tried to assassinate Reagan. But he survived. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 17. says, Cursed is he who moves his neighbor's boundary mark. Treaties have been made and broken again and again. They've been given boundaries and boundaries, and the boundaries have been taken from them. Where a person has given legal occasion to the enemy to bring him under a curse, one essential requirement is that they return, that they repent, and that they return from whatever, whatever evil conduct exposed him to the curse. If you go back to David and what happened over that three-year uh, uh, famine, that's what had happened. A deal had been made, and it was broken by the leadership, by Saul. David didn't know it. David's heart was right. David was good. He was a worshiper. He loved the Lord. He went and got the presence of the Lord. He went and got the, the, uh, the ark. He fought for it. He danced before it. He said, I will be even more undignified than this. The man had the right heart, but because of what had gone before him and because it hadn't been corrected, they were under a curse. Can you see that? By moving the boundary mark. We make a deal with the Indians. We break that deal. The Indians place a curse on it, which they had authority because there was a deal made. Okay. I believe that worship is the thing that opens the way for spiritual authority and rule. That if we worship the true God, we come under his authority. And there is no way to get more of God than when we worship him. On the other hand, if we worship any other God, we expose ourselves to that evil power and we give it legal authority over us. I want you to know that your background is part of you. Your background is part of you. How do we get out of it? How do we deal with our problem? How do we deal with our problem? I'm going to give you four words here. Number one, recognize. That's what David did. David didn't recognize what the problem was. He didn't recognize what they had done wrong. He recognized something wasn't right in his kingdom. If you were to go home tonight and, and, and somebody 
was at your home that shouldn't be there, would you recognize it? Yes. What about if you start having illnesses or maybe financial problems or bleeding problems or cancer over and over and over, yet you just allow that enemy to stay living there? You don't get rid of it. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's alcoholism. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's pornography. Whatever. Listen, there's no reason to leave anything, any stone unturned. Maybe I've just not hit yours yet. Don't, don't, don't wait for me to hit it. I may not. You hit it. Is something in your, on your property that needs to be gone? In your, I'm, I'll take this the right way. Between spouses, with children, in, in church, in school, wherever. God has given us authority. The problem is we don't take it. We allow these other things to have authority. And we just come under it. We've got to recognize four verbs. Second, we must repent. David did not do it. Yet, he led his nation in repentance. Families, lead your family in repentance. Somebody say amen. Amen. What did, how did Jesus preach? Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is here. What did John the Baptist preach? Repent. What was John the Baptist's job? To go before Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Come right back and say the same message. What John said? Yes, he's got it right. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. Husbands, lead your family into repentance. Wives, lead your family. Husbands, it's got to start with you. We, 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 again, we get the authority all mixed up. Husbands and wives, lead your family into, repentant, or into repentance. Why did God choose Abraham? Because he would lead his family. Go read about him. Why did God choose Abraham? Because he, he, it says he would command his family to follow the Lord. Somebody better get this. Renounce. You know the best way to get it off of you? Speak it off of you. We must speak. And finally, we've got to resist. What I've been trying to do tonight is to enable you to recognize. When you've recognized what's, what shouldn't be there, you're about 80% of the way that you need to go. You know, for an alcoholic to finally get free, the first step and one of the most important steps is to identify they're an alcoholic. If you can't get to that point, you can never get to the second point. I'm here to tell you that you're supposed to be blessed. You're supposed to be healthy. If you're honoring your mom and dad, you're supposed to live a long time. If you're not honoring your mom and dad, good luck. You know what you're doing? You're taking your life into your own hands and it won't work. When we get out from under the word, 
I say? I can't say anything. Get back under the word. You're, you're exposed. You're a sitting duck. If you leave here tonight and you don't walk through this with your heart, you are a sitting duck. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I just ask you to, to listen to your spirit. The Spirit of God is trying to crash in through this barrier of demonic activity that's going on in this earth. And he is trying with, he is, number one, God has given everything for that. And tonight, I'm telling you, you can get free. Help us, Lord. Lord, help me, de- help me deliver this correctly. I didn't bring up the last one. Last one's resist. I said it. We've got to recognize. We've got to repent. We've got to repent of our own involvement. We've got to repent of our family's involvement. We've got to repent of our nation's involvement. You know what our nation's done? Killed millions of people through abortion. I'm sorry. God is the author of life, not death. Do you not think the nation, our nation's not under a curse because of all the deaths that we've allowed to happen? You know, everything's fine until somebody brings up something politically incorrect. Well, take it up with God. Don't come fuss at me. Fuss at God. You know, you want to get right? You, 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 want, to, you want to be okay with me as long as I'm, I'm spirit-filled and pursuing after God, and I'm still going to fall down and mess up. But if you'll get your argument out with God first, mine and your discussion is going to be good. If you remove God, man, all of a sudden we've got, we've got, we're going to have, we're going to have a, uh, an awkward moment. Do your arguing with God, and then let's get together and try to chew it up. It's just to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We've got to work it out. Not run off from it and get mad and pout and go find somewhere else to go. No, work it out. But start with God. God, he said, abortion's wrong. God, what do you say about that? What's wrong? All right. Jesus. Resist. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's good news. But don't forget that you cannot resist until you've submitted. If you haven't submitted and you try to resist Satan, he's too strong. Submit to God, then shake him off of you. And he'll leave. If you don't have God on your side, you're not strong enough. All right, seven steps, and then we're going to pray. I'm going to finish on time, I think. I'm not going to tell you what time that is, so you think I finish on time. Step number one. You must have clear scriptural basis. What do I mean? I mean, when you pray, if you're not praying the word of God, you are wasting your time. That's why whenever we ask, we ask according to his will. And when we ask according to his will, he does it. When we ask according to our will, 
it's, there's not a lot there. But we must have scriptural basis. So I'm going to just throw a bunch of scripture at you right here real quick that's going to show you that we have the right to renounce these curses that are on our life. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. We all read these with me. Let's just do this together. Just do that. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Pastor, why are you making us read this? Because it needs to come out of your mouth. It needs to come out of your mouth and it needs to get back in your own ear. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now we're starting, this is part of the renouncing part. and We're going to do this together. Sorry. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Let's read it. In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Redemption means what? It means being bought back. You were in the hands of Satan, in the Satan slave market. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus walked in, paid your price, and redeemed you. And he has set you free with his blood. Keep that in mind as we look at this domain of darkness through the cross. God transferred us out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his son. Colossians 1. Oh, I've missed one. Uh, no, I haven't. Let's read this one. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light for he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son redemption means okay let's go to the next verse verse 14 together in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins thank you Redemptions means you've been delivered from the domain of darkness, transferred into the kingdom of the Son of God's love. 1 John 3, 8. Let's read this. For this purpose, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, can anybody follow what I'm doing? We are, we are stating our legal right by his word. Why did Jesus come? For many reasons, but in relation to the works of the devil, that he might destroy them, do away with them, and annihilate them. Uh, shoot. I've messed up. Great. Let me encourage you just for a minute. Focus. It is so easy to let our focus get off. And I'll throw this thing out before we're going to lose focus. Thank you, Blake. I'm looking for Luke chapter 10. Well, that was it. You're going to have to start all over. You know, you work on these things and you think it looks so cool. Man, I got that thing working so good. And then... Whoa, right there. Together, everybody. Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall injure you. Man, who needs to remember that scripture? That scripture's got victory written all over it. 
That's step one. Scriptural basis. Do we have scriptural basis? Everybody? Step two. Confess your faith in Christ. It tells us in Scripture that, that, uh, that he is the high priest, that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Now, I want, you to, I want to tell you this. Without confession, no high priest. You've got to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you confess him as your Lord and Savior, he now is your high priest. There has to be confession that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. You got to say it out loud. Step three commit yourself to obedience. Remember, what is the requirement for blessing? Hearing and obeying. I never said this would be easy. But I do believe that when we follow God's word, he is going to do everything for us. Number four, confess any known sin of yourself or of the people that you are involved, whether it's your family, your nation. And I would encourage you, don't dig around for sins because once you start, you'll never finish. But pray and ask the Holy Spirit to identify what it is that we need to deal with. I want to go back. Okay, I'm about to get ahead of myself. Number five, forgive all other persons. It's required. Jesus said, after this manner, pray, you forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You are not entitled to claim more forgiveness from God than you offer to other people. Did you hear that? It's proportionate. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Number six, renounce all contact with the occult. This is part of going back generations if your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents have ever had any dealings with the occult. And people, let me tell you, everyone has. What is the occult? It's worshiping someone other than God. It's looking for direction from something other than God. Okay, we're almost done. Maybe you didn't do it personally, but with people that you were somehow involved with, maybe your parents. And here's this politically correct thing again. Don't raise your hand, but anybody ever been in a sorority or a fraternity? And have you ever made oaths that did not line up with the Word of God? Now, there are a lot of organizations out there that you have to sit to join and make oaths. And uh, I'm just saying, what have you tied your heart to? Now, I pledged a fraternity. I did. I did the secret handshakes. I did the secret stuff through my mouth. And then I got out. But I did all the speaking. As a second grader, I did a seance. I levitated somebody. Don't run out of here thinking you're some 
damaged goods. You're not. You're, you are a sinner. We're all sinners. All have sinned and fall short. But we've got to get free. If you've made oaths out of your mouth, if you have tied your heart to something other than God, you need to break it. Don't get mad at me. Number seven, release yourself in the name of Jesus. Here they are again. Establish a clear scriptural basis. Confess your faith in Christ. Commit yourself to obedience by the grace of God. Confess any known sins by yourself or the group that you're a part of. Forgive all other persons. Renounce all contact with the occult. And release yourself in the name of Jesus. Now I would ask you, if you're uncomfortable, ask the Holy Spirit. Don't take my word for it. Ask the Holy Spirit. He will lead you and guide you to all truth. But I believe that everything that you see here is scriptural. My spirit agrees. And if you're willing, I want to pray with you. Just a general confession of faith in Jesus Christ. And a renunciation of any forces in your life which are from the realm of darkness, whether it's physical or emotional or marital, whatever it may be, then I'm going to pray that those forces be broken and be released. And at that point, it's up to God. We're not looking for an experience here. We're looking for freedom. Will you all pray with me? We all stand up with me? Now, I just want to just give you this one instruction. Direct this prayer to Jesus. Direct this prayer to Jesus and speak it out loud. And when we get done, don't focus on your neighbor. Just focus your mind on the Lord and whatever you need from him. Before I pray, Elizabeth and I have gone through this. This will be my fourth time. She and I have done it together three times. This is my fourth time. Why do I need it again? Because things try to attach to you. You may have done this before, but I want, I want to encourage you. Give your whole heart right here. All right, bow with me and just repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that you are the Son of God, and you are the only way to God. That you died on the cross for my sins, and rose again from the dead. On the basis of what you did for me, I believe that Satan's claims against me are canceled. And so now, Lord Jesus, I submit myself to you. I commit myself to serve and obey you. And on that basis, 
I take my stand against every dark evil force that in any way has come into my life, whether it be through my own acts or acts of my family or my ancestors or something larger that I'm a part of. Wherever there is any darkness in my life, any evil force in my life, Lord, I renounce it now. I refuse any longer to submit to it. And in the almighty name of Jesus, the Son of God, I take authority over all these evil forces. I loose myself from them. And I release myself entirely from their power. I drive them from me now in the name of Jesus. And I invite and invoke the Holy Spirit. To move right in and make my deliverance and my liberation fully effectual as only the Spirit of God can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Freedom in Jesus' name. We speak freedom in Jesus' name. And we speak with authority that Jesus, you gave us the authority and the freedom over over any demonic forces that may come at us. We plead the blood of Jesus right now and we say at this point, we are completely clean. We are clean. We are free. We are free of the occult. We are free of infirmities. We are free of financial issues. We are free of sickness. We are free. We are free of mental illness. We are free. We are free of arthritis. We are free of back problems. We are free of diabetes. We are free, Lord. We are free. What is your issue? Say, I am free. I am free. Thank you, Jesus. We speak that over our family, those that you have given us authority over. Freedom over my children. Freedom over my wife. And freedom over my children's children. And my children's children's children. Let them be blessed in Jesus' name. We have committed to obedience to you. We have committed to your word. We have renounced. We have given scriptural basis. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The things I set my hand to will be blessed. That my fruit will not fall off before it's time. I will bear fruit in the good season. I will bear fruit in the dry season. Thank you, Lord. Now, I just come against the attack of Satan trying to steal this away from you the moment you walk out of here. You can't have it. Submit to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
Somebody shout amen. 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 God bless you. You're dismissed. You're released. We are free. Amen. God bless you.